uh, the last dream I had of her, she was taking me through a big old dark tunnel. It was so black I couldn't even see through it. I had I told her, I said, wait, girl, you know I got a bad back. She was weird ahead of me. Weird ahead of me. And she said, I'm trying to show you why I'm at. She said, come on. Come on. We know she gone. We know she gone. In a small town in Louisiana, Tabitha Yvette Queen was busy raising her three kids. She was loving and generous, so when a friend asked to borrow her car, Tabitha didn't hesitate. Yet, when she got her car back, she found what appeared to be blood in the trunk. Only a few days later, Tabitha disappeared. She's been missing for over a year. Welcome back to Missing. I am Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I am doing great today, Tim. I hope all the listeners out there are doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for asking. And I'm uh, especially great because we get to speak about a case that came in by way of private investigations for the missing. Yes, this one is the disappearance of Tabitha Yvette Queen. She has been missing since May 9th of 2021, and she is from Bastrop, Morehouse Parish, Louisiana. She is a black female who is 30 years old, 29 when she disappeared. And our cohort, Jennifer Amell, had the opportunity to speak with Tabitha's mother, Mary, as well. And that conversation uh, sheds a lot of light on Tabitha's disappearance and her life. And anyone with information can contact the Bastrop Police Department at 318-281-1322. Okay, thanks a lot, everybody. Please follow us on social media at MissingCSM. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And a thank you to our sponsors. Back to the program.
Welcome back to the podcast, Jennifer Amell. How are you today? I'm doing very well. I'm glad to be back and discussing this case. This one was a haunting one to me. I had the great fortune to sit down and speak to Tabitha's mother, Mary Lunford. Um, she's a wonderful woman. She's currently taking care of Tabitha's three children. And gosh, we have a lot to discuss. This one is unfolding as we speak. Well, once again, great work that you have done putting this together and delivering all of the information about Tabitha's disappearance and also about her family and about her community, which I thought was something that is different than what we typically get. Uh, we don't we, we sort of speculate on what the community was like just based on doing our own research. But this uh, information that you brought to us is actually from Tabitha's mom and that conversation that, that you had and just an amazing job bringing this all to us so that we can form a complete picture of not only her disappearance, but what her life was and what her community was. Hats off on that. Thanks, Lance. Um, yeah, I think going into a little bit of the background of her community, this small town in northeastern Louisiana is very important. And as we'll hear from Mary, her mother, she does talk about this area as being quite dangerous with a high crime rate. And she seems to believe that lots of people in this community know what happened to Tabitha. And this, this case was submitted by Mary about six months after Tabitha disappeared. And, uh, you know, we reviewed the case. We thought, like, you know, let's give the police a chance to really do some groundwork on this case. Because usually we don't take cases that are that fresh. We want to give the police a chance. But we were going through our case file, and I noticed Tabitha's case had come up on one year and I thought this was a great opportunity to produce an episode. And when you say we, and you just mentioned PIs for the Missing, you are speaking about the nonprofit private investigations for the missing, where all of these cases, these missing person stories come to us. So it's uh, really amazing to hear that it has been worked on. Absolutely. And Tabitha has been missing from Bastrop, Louisiana, since May 9th, 2021. And was there some debate over the actual date of her disappearance? There is some debate. We will get into why that might be a bit confusing as we go on. Tabitha was born on April 21st, 1992. She was about 29 years old when she went missing. She's about 5'4 and somewhere between 200 and 230 pounds. She's a black woman. She has black hair and brown eyes. And she has a scar on her left arm. And she has the following tattoos, the word legend on her chest, stars on one arm, a marijuana leaf on her left buttock, and another tattoo somewhere on her body of masks and the words laugh now, cry later. And her ears are pierced. She's classified as endangered and missing. She was wearing a jacket with cartoon characters and pink pants. And Tabitha grew up in Mississippi along with her mother, Mary, who you spoke with, Jen. Uh, she is a described as a lively, family-oriented person who is devoted to her three children, not a timid person, and held a lot of opinions which she would readily share. And you spoke about this with Mary. Okay, my name is Mary Queen Lunsford. I am Capital Queen's mother. She was a wonderful child. You know, she loved her family. She loved it. She definitely loved her kids. Uh, she loved her mom, she loved her grandma, she loved her, her whole family. She was a, a outgoing, she speaks what's on her mind, she don't hold nothing back. She was a wonderful child, you know. Uh, 
she liked to go, you know, her and the kids, they traveled. Out. She was staying in Baxter. I was staying in San Antonio, me and my dad. She stayed up there a month with her, and she said she'll be back. She said, I'll be back next month. Never showed up. Bastrop is located in northeastern Louisiana, about 80 miles or an hour and a half drive to the Mississippi border, and it's steeped in a brutal history of racism. Bastrop was a Confederate stronghold during the Civil War and became famous in the 1920s for a series of murders committed by the Ku Klux Klan. I think it tells more of the story than we see on the surface. I think that something like that stays in a community. Yeah, and it's not to say that our whole nation doesn't have a racist history um, and doesn't struggle with systemic racism. I think particularly in this town, due to this history, and I, I had looked up a couple like archived newspaper articles on, on these uh, 1920s murders by the KKK, and it's just horrifying. But I think it might color a little bit of the um, dynamic between law enforcement and the community of Bastrop, a lot of that racism is still prevalent today, unfortunately. And some community members remember Bastrop as a simple country town that was dominated by a paper mill, which employed a lot of its population. And according to the 2010 census, Bastrop had a population of 11,365, and the town struggles with violent crime, drug use, and drug-related crime. And according to Neighborhood Scout, which is an online like data compilation site, just about 42% of its population falls below the federal poverty line. And by 2018, the murder rate had risen by 205%. And Neighborhood Scout reports that, quote, with a crime rate of 86 per 1,000 residents, Bastrop has one of the highest crime rates in America compared to all communities of all sizes, from the smallest towns to the very largest cities. One's chance of becoming a victim of either violent or property crime here is 1 in 12, end quote. That's a crazy statistic. I mean, all of these are crazy statistics. I, I just wonder, yeah, what's going on in Bastrop? Uh, it's a little small community town. Uh, a lot of people that came up missing in that town came up there in that town. They don't know who did it. Uh, they parking these people cars in wooded areas just like they did my daughter, leaving their IDs behind. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot going on in that town. They need to be straightened, I know that. Uh, people come from out of town and don't make it back to their town. It's, it's a mix. When they go to that little town, everybody gets sick. They be like, but they don't want to stay there five minutes. They be ready to go. I want to get up out of here. It's it's woody, woody, woody. I ain't never seen no woods like that a day in my life. It's woody, woody, woody. It's 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 an easy way to hide a body. I, I can tell you that you ain't gonna find it. If you got out of town, nice and late, don't go there. You might end up miss. It's it's a lot of drug drugs there. It's it's a lot of uh killing there, and there's a lot of disappearance in there. There's something definitely going on in that town. So I looked in a little bit to other cases around the time of Tabitha's disappearance, and I did come across one, the case of Shrita Lee Chantel Watson. 
She's a black female and she went missing from this neighboring town, which is only like 10 minutes away, called Mare Rouge. And she disappeared on September 8th of 2020. There's no, virtually no information on Watson's case out there. Like, no developments, no investigation, no articles, like, virtually nothing. And then further, in January of 2021, there was the body of Cheyenne McClendon, who was 28. She's a white woman. And she was found in a wooded area on Gurdon Avenue in Bastrop. And Cheyenne was brutally beaten and likely sexually assaulted. And she just showed up at the edge of someone's yard in Bastrop. Uh, the police currently have a suspect, not in custody, but they do have a suspect in mind, and they have not released any more information in that case either. And I think these two cases just serve to kind of point out that the, the women of Bastrop are not safe. According to Mary, she last spoke with Tabitha on Mother's Day of 2021, which fell on May 9th, a Sunday. Based on what Mary heard over the phone, Tabitha was in her car in the company of two or more men, all of whom have not been identified. She was in the midst of an argument, but Mary couldn't tell what the argument was about. The car that Tabitha drove was a white Hyundai four-door sedan. The day she disappeared, she found me on Mother's Day. She said, hey, Mom. I said, hey, how you doing? Uh, she said, I'm doing all right. She said, I said, what you doing for Mother's Day? I said, happy Mother's Day. She said, happy Mother's Day. I said, what you doing for Mother's Day? She said, uh, nothing. She said, Mom, I got to go. I said, go where you just called me. And she was like, Mom, I got to go. And it was two men in the background. I asked her. I said, who are those men you talking to? She said, uh, Mom, I got to go. She said, I'll call you back. So I didn't feel ease to it because the men, they was like, they was arguing with her or something. So I kept calling her phone, kept calling my phone. She never would answer. Kept calling her phone for like four, five hours. She finally picked up again. She was like, Mom, I told you I got to go. And she hung up the phone. I kept calling her phone. I kept calling. I kept calling. I told my sister, I said, something ain't right here. I said, we need to leave out. We need to pack some bags to leave. I said, something's going on. And now we can get into that discrepancy that we spoke about regarding the date. Yeah, so this is a really confusing timeline. Um, in my initial research before I reached out to Mary or any of her family or even law enforcement, um, we have a lot of articles out of the area uh, reporting that Tabitha's date of disappearance is May 10th. Then I discovered a timestamp on some video surveillance, which we'll kind of go into, which puts that day into question. So I called Mary again and actually spoke to Tabitha's 11, 11-year-old daughter, and she remembers that her mother disappeared on Mother's Day, a day earlier than what's reported on NamUs and in these news reports. So, I mean, keep in mind this is coming from a young girl, but I she was there, and I trust um, that she remembers correctly. And also it's supported by that video surveillance footage that we'll talk about. So, Jen, what you're saying is that Mary and Tabitha's daughter are saying that Tabitha went missing on Mother's Day, which is May 9th, but yet the media has reported Tabitha's disappearance is May 10th? Yes, that's right. Yeah, so according to Tabitha's eldest daughter, Tabitha went to the grocery store around 11 a.m. on Mother's Day, which was May 9th. Tabitha left her three children at home 
uh, to go to this grocery store just down the road. It was called Save You More, spelled S-A-V-U-M-O-R. And this is just a short drive from her home on Montgomery Avenue. And while at the grocery store, Tabitha was caught on video surveillance. And this is the last confirmed sighting of her. And much later in the investigation, they had discovered additional video surveillance footage that was dated May 10th at 9 a.m. And this was discovered near Dotson Park, and it depicted an unidentified black male parking Tabitha's car between abandoned buildings and walking away eastbound, carrying some object in his hand. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I mean, not much more. We can post a link to the video There was a great YouTube video by a handle named Gray Hughes Investigates who kind of enhanced this surveillance footage and cut it together and zoomed in a bit so we can see what's going on. So basically a car pulls into frame. There's two cameras that we're cutting between, but the car pulls into frame um, from the west side and parks between what looks to be like unused potentially abandoned like sheds or garages like it's kind of industrial looking and he pulls into this like grassy area between the buildings as if he was just like trying to put the car someplace where you wouldn't really look at it too closely it's kind of like off the beaten path a bit and um the driver's side door opens and this black male steps out of the car judging from like the general size of a sedan it he looks to be like a foot and a half taller than the car. What would you say that would put him at? Like maybe five nine. Yeah, somewhere in there. He seems pretty slim as well. Yeah, yeah, and he's wearing a a light shirt. It's a uh, potentially white, but it's kind of difficult to tell because it's grainy and um, dark colored shorts or pants. And then he walks away eastbound down the road to where the intersection is. And just as as he is about to turn right on this road, he drops whatever he's holding in his hand, stoops down to pick it up, and then continues out of frame. So that's all we know. Um, this person has not been identified, to my knowledge. Um, and I know that the police were trying to put this video out. That's why it's public. That's why we can watch it in hopes that somebody from the community would recognize this person. Yeah, a couple of things on this. The first one, real quick, it does not look like this individual is trying to hide the car permanently. It is not covered by trees. It's not like this person drove it down a dirt road, or, uh, you know, like a farm road, and then tucked it off into the woods. It will be discovered. That's, I think, the person understands that the car will be discovered, but the person doesn't care. The other thing that uh, I wanted to put out there is Gray Hughes. We know him. He's a fantastic guy. If he's putting something out there like this, he's done a great deal of work on it. He's He is one of the most meticulous people in this community that we know, especially when it comes to uh, the video work that he can enhance and broadcast in a way where it's easy for you to get. Like He tilts the video in this. He makes sure that you're looking at it straight, enhances it the, the best of his ability, and he is so methodical. And so thorough. And so big thanks to him for this uh, and being able to just watch it publicly and doing your own research on it and making your own conclusions. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I do want to say one more thing about uh, Gray Hughes is that 
I actually didn't find this video on my own. It was Mary herself who had gone on to the internet and said, this is the best video of that surveillance footage out there. Like this guy did a great job. And she said she was super thankful to him. And if you are listening to this and you are from Bastrop or the surrounding area, I really encourage you to watch this video and see if you can identify this man. Also sharing on social media really helps. Someone knows who this man is. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. This is Andrew from the Scary Mysteries podcast, where every single week we dive into insane and creepy true crime compilations on Mondays. And on Wednesdays, we have our Twisted News episodes, where we get you up to speed on the most terrifying and strange news stories currently happening all around the world. We're covering the topics you want to hear about, missing persons, killers, UFOs, and more. Best of all, we don't waste your time with any fluff or fillers. Just stray to the true crime details. So go check out the Scary Mysteries podcast, and I'll see you there. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. And on May 11th or 12th, after not being able to get a hold of Tabitha, her family went to her home on Montgomery Ave and discovered that her three children have been home alone for three days. And when I got there, her house was coming up. The kids were there for three days by themselves. No food, no nothing. That's when she went to the grocery store to get. She had just got some money. A back pay or something from Social Security, about from unemployment or something. I think it was $9,000. None of that money. No card, no nothing. And then my granddaughter, my oldest granddaughter, now they were saying, and her friend said she had a 45. The gun went in the house, the gun went in the vehicles. So we don't know what's going on, what happened. But the whole town is telling me my daughter is dead. Tabitha's eldest daughter describes the following. The day before Mother's Day on May 8th, a man gets into an argument with Tabitha about borrowing her car. From what her daughter can overhear, after the first time Tabitha lent her car to this individual, she said the car had a strange odor near where the spare tire is kept in the trunk. And upon opening her trunk, she discovered blood thinking perhaps that her car was used in a crime, Tabitha did not want to lend her car again, but grew angry and threatened to kill Tabitha. Later the same day, a van pulled up to the house and men attempted to kidnap Tabitha. That's a crazy story, and that definitely gives motive. If Tabitha knew that a crime had been committed or was suspicious that a crime had been committed or had evidence that a crime had been committed, that gives, like... All the motive in the world for somebody to uh, take care of her in some way. And again, this information is coming from Tabitha's daughter, who was 10 years old at the time, which is just an awful thing for a child to have witnessed. I'm a little confused about her story about these men coming to abduct Tabitha. I just wasn't clear if the men had come that day, the day before Mother's Day on the 8th, to attempt to kidnap her, or if this happened later on, on the 10th, that they arrived at her house and succeeded in kidnapping her. It's kind of difficult to tell. So is there an officer assigned to Tabitha's case? And what does Mary think about uh, the investigation? Yeah, so after those three days elapsed, 
that Tabitha had not been in any contact with her family. Um, her family did go on over to check on her and the kids and discovered that the kids were alone and they knew something bad had happened to Tabitha. So this is when Mary actually reports Tabitha missing to the Bastrop Police Department. And they assigned an officer, Reeves, I think is his name. I was uh, trying to to decipher Mary's uh, accent, which I, I'm not so familiar with, uh, like a southern Mississippi accent. So it was a, l- a little hard to parse there. I'm sure she had a, as much trouble understanding me as I did her. But um, I think it's a Reeves um, who was assigned to the case. And Mary does not have very great feelings about the Bastrop Police Department or the investigation that they conducted. Um, she said that they completely bungled the investigation. And she charged that she had spoken to like many of Tabitha's friends and members of the Bastrop community. And they all had information about Tabitha. They kind of knew what happened, uh, but refused to go to the police. Uh, and again, because of this kind of... <sighs> Not wanting to snitch, I suppose, um, and like not really trusting law enforcement to do anything with that information. So Mary, uh, of course, you know, gets gets these stories, gets these statements. She even records some of it and brings it to the Bastard Police Department, and they just tell her it's all rumor, and as far as she knows, doesn't look into any of the information. Mister Reed won't listen to them. I need to talk to Mr. Reed. I was in his face every day, all day, because I wanted to know what's going on and why y'all ain't looking for my child. You know, why y'all hadn't been to our house? Why y'all hadn't did this? Why y'all hadn't did this? So at the time when I was talking to the two ladies at the front, he came from the back and he saw me and my sister standing there. He turned around and he said, oh, I'm not talking to that lady. That lady crazy. And that's what I went out. I said, crazy. I said, you ain't seen crazy. I said, do you have any kids? I said, my daughter is missing. I thought I heard what you said. Did she get any sense that they were saying it was just rumors so that it could be an answer to have her go away and they could move f- forward with the investigation? I mean, sure, but I think it would have been solved if that were the case. <laughs> that is a great point. Yeah, I don't... <sighs> It's hard to comment on how much work or how little work um, a police department puts into a case because, you know, they keep everything very close to the chest. And even a year later, they really aren't releasing much information. We do know that they have a lead suspect and a couple other things that they discovered as well. Around the time that they discovered Tabitha's car had been abandoned near Dotson Park, they uh, canvassed the area and in a wooded part of this park, they found a black trash bag containing a handgun. Yeah, it's in the video, too. Definitely uh, invite everyone to check out that video. And according to Mary, Tabitha's mom, she said the state police have now taken up Tabitha's case and are investigating. And we mentioned at the top of this episode that this is kind of unfolding in real time for us. Like I gave Mary a call yesterday, which was the 30th, And she told me that she had just gotten off the phone with a state trooper um, who was handling Tabitha's case now, who actually shares sentiments about the Bastrop Police Department. They're like, yeah, they didn't do much in this case. So, like, there you have it from the horse's mouth. I mean, there is a lot of, like, what would you call it? Like, um, bad blood between state police and municipal police. Yeah, there can be some jurisdiction issues for sure. 
But as of Saturday on May 28th of 2022, Mary told me that a body had been found, unfortunately, of a badly decomposed black female in Bachelor, Louisiana, along Highway 417. And Bachelor is not too close to Bastrop. Um, it's about three hours or 180 miles due south of Bastrop. The body, since it's been so recently discovered, has not been identified yet. But Mary is trying to determine what clothes the body had on and if they match what Tabitha had been last seen wearing. It's not too close to to the town, but it's you can drive three hours over the course of a year. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what I mean. Like, it's been a year. Someone could have done this, uh, and part of me wants that to be the case. That there's an answer here, but you know, you have that tragic part where. You, I don't want to hear that she's been found and, and she's been murdered. And what what are the police going to do at that point? Well, I would start by testing that trunk. If there's any actual blood in her trunk, that could link to a different crime. And th- that could lead to Tabitha's killer, if that's uh, true. Yeah, and the solving of not one case, but two or more. I do know that they were able to swab DNA from Tabitha's car. So it must have been forensically processed. I'm just not clear if that was from the driver's side, like DNA from a potential suspect, or if it was from that um, alleged blood stain in the trunk. I would imagine both, but you never know. In this case, since it's on surveillance that someone, a person of interest, was driving her car, they probably did. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. So it seems like law enforcement has a lot to go on. Like, I really believe that this case can be solved, if not through forensics, then from a private investigator in that area, gaining the trust of the community and getting some names from those who know what happened. The community, they know what happened to my daughter, but they they won't talk. It's just like they scared to say anything. But I've been getting calls. I get calls all through the night, one, sometimes two o'clock in the morning. People telling me what Four boys supposed to be dead to my daughter, stabbed her up, supposed to be cut her head off, stole it behind the store. Uh, and they went to the police with it. And the, the, the police, Mr. Reed, said that they were just rumors. But the whole town saying the same thing. And I had one lady to call me about 12 something that night. She told me, she said, first of all, I want to tell you I'm sorry for your loss. I said, what you mean about that? She said, oh, baby, they definitely killed your daughter. She said, everybody know that. So I said, well, where everybody's not going, you know, to the police, telling the police. She said, I'll go. I called her the next morning. She will answer her phone. It's just like they scared to, to say anything. I said, them is not wrong with those leads. That's what you call leads. We have been walking the woods, but you can't do too much because they got alligators out there. I've been trying to get a search team to come in. Mr. Reed told the search team they could come in because he had it out under control. So now I'm trying to get another search team going. Uh, some power search team with dogs and helicopters and stuff like that. You know, since the highway troopers took off. Law enforcement didn't never go out there and search for my daughter in the woods. Me and my family and friends went. I asked Mary if her grandchildren give her any energy to keep looking for Tabitha. Yeah, they do. 
they do, they stronger than me. I can tell you that, especially the older ones, the two little ones, they don't quite understand, but Gloria, she does. She's five. She knows her mama not coming back, and she knows something happened. But Alice, she knows what happened, but she try to keep me, you know, from crying and then doing holidays, my birthday, Mother's Day. She was like, she wrote me a letter. She was like, well, I just want you to have a nice time today. And I love you. She said, I know you miss my mom. She said, we miss her too. But we just want you to have a nice day today. She is strong. <laughs> Real strong. And every now and then they'll get up and they'll ask me, grandmama, grandmama, when is we going to look for my mama again? You know, we went, the last time we went, they wanted to search, they searched with me. They had their little sticks. They were walking around and I said, it's time for us to go. But we need to go over there, Alice. said, well, we need to go over there. I seen a black bag over there. Let's go over there. And, you know, she got a little stick and she moving stuff around. You know, these children are anxious to find their mom. You know, the only thing that's keeping me stable right now is these kids. You know, I got to try to be strong for them. And if you have any information, please call the Bastrop Police Department at 318-281-1322. And there's also the Louisiana State Police Department, Troop F. You can call them at 866-292-8320. And of course, you can always reach out to Private Investigations for the Missing at 866-331-6660 or email us at piftmtips at gmail.com. And keep in mind, you can give tips anonymously. But uh, every time I dream about it, I, I stay in a whole dream and then I wake up. And I called my mama and said, I tell my mama what, you know, what I, what, what had just happened to uh, my dream. No, it upsets me because she's trying to tell me where she's at and I, I, I don't know where she's at and I'm, I, I've been still trying to find her. And my oldest daughter, she's pregnant. She's in the name of the baby capital. She's been started coming to her too. She, um, the last dream she had of her, she said they was taking pictures. She said she took another picture of my daughter in her dream. And she said it was a bullet in the side on her right side of her ear. She was shot in the head. And she said a bullet was sticking out. She said she asked her, what happened here? And she said that's when she woke up. Yeah, we know she gone. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.
Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com.